Welcome back to Kettlebells and Cocktails. I'm your host, John, back with my bestie, Nikki. Nikki, how are you? I'm doing okay tonight. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm a little tired. It's been a long day. Mm-hmm. I, I did a podcast in the middle of the day today with Invictus Mindset. Oh, cool. How did that go? They were so prepared. They asked oh. me so many questions. They had my entire background figured out. Like I told them after it was over, I was like, Nikki and I never prepare for this shit ever. Huh. It was like a master class on how to prepare for a map for a podcast. It was like two hours long. They had me on my toes all the time. Listen, people don't tune into this because we prepare. Okay. People tune into <laughs> this because we are flying by the seat of our pants 24-7. Let's 20. be real. 24 7 and and i've been annoyed all day because i still have the bandage on from the from the tattoo i know right real you have like the like the clear wrap the clear yeah it's i don't know what this stuff is it feels like saran wrap it's like cellophane yeah 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 exactly it's it's tanner than my normal skin though so i may just wrap my whole body in it it's great (laughs) it's just shrink wrap yourself and like tan i'm gonna I'm go to the games that way my entire body is just gonna be saran wrap be didn't fun. we talk about spray tanning you for games one year <laughs> yes. didn't we think that maybe that would be a good idea yes yeah, so i need to look like a big orange that would be amazing oh. listen you just gotta find the right the right gal or guy i guess i've never met a male spray tech spray tan technician in my life but i am sure they exist but you just gotta find the right one she'll no. get you a right the right shade of healthy glow i don't want anyone that close to me with an air gun like spraying that stuff on me i i don't know i just don't know you get real used to it okay you hit this pose you turn out one leg you turn around bend over a little so they get right under your butt cheeks you just you get real used to it after a while it's all right yeah sounds like a normal little friday for me (laughs) amy is horrified i I, this conversation I've gotten two or three spray tans before. Someone's come to my house to do it before. Like I've had something really extra. It's been like dead winter where I'm like, I do not want to be on camera looking like this. Of course. But uh, yeah, I'm other than that, I'm not a spray tan girl. I just like the sun. So I'll just go bake myself. Better for worse. Perfect. I have a routine. Hold on. Wait, I'll tell you about my spray tan routine in a second. Do you want to actually introduce our guest, John? Sorry, sure. The gun. I, these are my favorite shows, mostly because I think you and I, Nikki, are both going to learn about Amy. We have Amy Bream, who's an adaptive athlete within CrossFit, a really, really good adaptive athlete, I might add. Not that they're not all great. We love you all equally, but we don't. Some are better than others. No, we don't. I yeah. was going to say, we like definitely play favorites a thousand percent. No, no, no. They're like all athletes. Some are better than others. And Amy is top of the top of the heat. There you and, go. I, and I've seen Amy compete, but we've never had a chance to get her on the podcast before. And Last night I was going through her stories and her dad made a really awesome dad joke. And I commented on it because I'm I'm a dad. I love dad jokes. And I was like, shit, we don't have a guest for tomorrow night. Yeah. Hey, Amy, you got to come on. And she agreed to. So thank you for joining us, Amy. Of course. It. And here we are. <laughs> yes. And thank your dad for the dad joke. It was great. Oh, it was that was him just. I mean, that's completely normal for him. It was like not not even second thought when he pulled when I pulled the camera out. So gotta love him. Well, I I always appreciate a dad that is willing to do that because that's me with my girls all the time. All awesome. the time. All right, so Nikki, give us your spray tan story. Oh no, it's not really a story. I was just gonna agree with Amy where I'm like I always I have a ritual where I'll spray tan before the CrossFit event because like the lights and the cameras and the just you gotta be looking look good feel good vibes and also we have three months of beautiful summer here in new england where i'm like you i have to roast myself like a potato out in the sun but other than that it's like i'm this pale ghostly figure that just haunts the hallways of my home in the winter time (laughs) 
So I have a ritual where it's, oh, an event's coming up. I got to I gotta go thread my eyebrows. And a couple of days later, I got to get a bikini wax. And then a couple of days later, I got to go do my spray tan. And last night, because the internet knows me so well, last night I got an, an Instagram ad for, I shit you not, it is like a silk sleeping bag that you're supposed to sleep in the night that you get your spray tan so that you don't, so that you don't stain your sheets. And it's, is this you? And it was a woman like folding up a sheet and it had like big orange streaks. And I was like, yes, Instagram. Yes, it is me. And now also like, I didn't buy it for what it's worth. I just make Matt bleach the sheets. But the last (laughs) time that I went to semifinals, because I'm still nursing my baby, I guess he's a toddler now, whatever. And he does this thing where like he likes to stick his hand right in between his my boobs like it's his safe space. It's a giant pain in the ass in public for what it's worth. Of course. One like the back of his hand because I like spray tan, but I like wear a bra because I'm still nursing. I just don't want to fuck with like weird orange rings on his face. But like he's jammed his hand like right in between my boobs. And so the back of his hand for a week was all dark while (laughs) I was in California for semifinals. Anyway, I don't even know why we're talking about I love this. it. I, I went it. on a tangent. Sorry. No, it's great. It's great. It's a silk sleeping bag if you spray tan. Well, Amy has no excuse because she get, actually gets four full seasons because she lives in the amazing city of Nashville, Tennessee. That is very true. Lots of sun out here. I lived in Nashville for seven years and I love that city. It is the best and it's beautiful weather. That? You lived in Nashville? I went to, you know that. I went to school there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. That makes sense. Yes. And Nashville's gorgeous like just beautiful city full of beautiful people like it's just a great city and then so you gotta you gotta take advantage of your seasons because nikki and i don't get those i get winter full time that's Mm. it and two weeks of summer and kind of nikki does too kind of we just get extremes in new england we just get extreme winter extreme summer extreme Mm. whatever and lots of mud that's that's i mean nashville definitely has all four seasons i'm originally from pennsylvania and we definitely had more of all four seasons then but Nashville, it's like <clears throat> the one thing I will say, I love the city. I love, honestly, since moving here, I love the summer and the the heat. I prefer that to winter any day. But the winters here suck. And anyone that tells you otherwise has not actually lived in like the Northeast <laughs> because it's just cold and wet. Mm. So like anytime it's like snows and like people lose their shit because the city's not prepared for it. And it's like an inch of the ground and all the schools are closed. But like the majority of the winter is not pretty snow or it's not like dry cold either. It's just like wet rain and like 30 degrees. It's Mm -hmm. all. So that's the only thing that I'll say. Don't let people trick you into thinking like the winters here are I like they're actually the worst. But everything else about it's great. They are are gross. I remember I lived there for a very short while when I was married. So this was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And my ex-wife, who was my wife, obviously at the time, was is from Cleveland, so she's used to a lot of snow. And we got it was a light dusting, light yeah. dusting, right? And she's getting dressed. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "I'm getting ready for work." I'm like, "Why?" She's because I gotta go to work today. I'm like, "No, you don't. It's snowing outside." She's yeah, it's like barely snowing. I'm like, "You don't understand. Like, <laughs> like nobody's going to work. You maybe want to go to the grocery store and buy bread and milk, but otherwise, you're gonna be here for a while." And sure enough, they called her off work. No one was going anywhere. Nobody could drive. It's so typical South hilarious very very much so yeah Yeah, very typical well so nikki i i'm i'm kind of introducing you guys i know i I love this yeah yeah so i i guess my first 
chance, like really being around you, Amy, would have been at Wheelwad in in December. She was competing at the Wheelwad Games and destroyed it. And it was it's a really it was a really interesting event. I know I've talked about it in the past, but it's really interesting when you get to see an event like that up close and see everyone kind of dealing with their own adaptations and their own impairments, and then and really trying to determine like, all right, like who are the real athletes here. And again, no mm. offense to all the athletes, but some are far more advanced than others. And Amy, you're one of the real athletes. Thank you. Like real, like I was watch, like one of the ones where I'm watching her do burpees going, holy shit. Like you have one of those moments of she, she's not fast for adaptive. She's just fast. She's just fast, <laughs> fast. I really like burpees. They're my, they're what? probably my top three movements. Yeah. I just, no. I love them. Yeah. Well, was, burpees and workout, I'm good. <clears throat> well, you had this, you had this moment for me though, as I was watching you as an athlete, you're out there doing burpees. And at some point you got frustrated and you, you threw the prosthetic off. It was yeah. almost like she was screw it. She just drops it and then starts doing them without them. And, and got, and actually got faster. And yeah. The- <clears throat> well, bur- burpees without a leg. It's whenever you, whenever I go into a workout, it's a lot of deciding, is it better with the leg on or off? Cause obviously like whenever you can, I want to use the prosthesis. That's what you call a fake leg. Sorry if you hear something in the background, my dog is here just panting and drinking water like <laughs> that's that's normal for our show that's yeah, very normal. totally usually right. it's like my dog's in the background panting and it just all of a sudden sounds like a really inappropriate show yeah or <laughs> yeah. Or, or being meowing he's at my feet right now also, yeah there's food nearby so he like will not leave yep. my side he thinks he's gonna get some but anyway yeah so going into it if i had if it's a couple burpees it's actually a lot better for me to do it without the leg because i can go faster because the leg doesn't help on a burpee it's just dead weight it's more like a a balanced thing to stand up on and give it for a split second break. But if there's a ton of them, then obviously like I want as much support I can get. But I remember that point in the workout and I was like, screw this. It's <laughs> like, just get it done. So yeah, definitely took the leg off for that. Well, it, it was just a really interesting moment for me to see not only how much faster you were than everybody else and how much faster you are than me, but when you were done and you had beaten the field, you then stayed out on the floor and, and, congratulated everyone as they came in and, and as they finished and i thought to myself then we got to get amy on the show like because you really were spectacular so welcome to the show that's the introduction i guess thank you very much i appreciate it well i'm glad to be here i'm glad to i'm glad to meet you i love i love meeting sort of like internet friends quote unquote more in real life or at least in the podcast setting because i feel like i get i get the internet like i get your instagram persona and you are like so fun and so funny and so like fresh. I love that like your Instagram bio is basically I was born without a leg and I'm going to laugh about it or I make I make too many jokes about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I really want to take this opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into how you got to where you are today because I find it fascinating to sort of like learn about not only your personal background, but also your athletic background and how you flourished into, especially an adaptive CrossFit athlete on the yeah. elitist, elitist level. Because to me, that part, well, our sport in general is pretty young, but especially that part of our sport is still growing. Mm-hmm. So so start from the very beginning, if you will, Amy, kind of like tell us your story of growing with your adaptation and how you got into sport. On March 20th, 1992, <laughs> <laughs> it was a snowy day in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, right. 
No, so I was I was born I'm a little unique. I have never had an amputation. I was born with a condition called PFFD. So born without a leg. At the time, like ultrasounds and stuff didn't pick that up. So my parents actually didn't know until I was born. They're like, well, well, there it is. My dad was also thought I was going to be a boy. So it was like, well, we got a girl and she's also missing a leg. So sure, they were ultrasounds in the early 90s. So like, how did they that somehow it didn't pick it up? Like they had no idea that something was going to be like that malformed, like malformed. Yeah. Yeah. But how do they think you were a boy? That one's pretty. Oh, no, that was just my dad's wishful thinking. <laughs> come on now no, that, that was my dad just being like because we had i have i'm the youngest of four and there's two boys or i'm sorry two girls a boy and then me and so my dad perfect two two but he was on that break okay so yeah so i grew up like always using a prosthesis my family was always really encouraging supportive but i actually grew up in the music world like i'm very new to athletics in general i can probably count on one hand the amount of like group athletic classes that I took up until 2015 yeah like new new like I was the I literally would tell people I'm like one of the least athletic people you'll ever meet and I grew up in a small town where it's like you have gym class where you have your usual sports and like I was like I'm very self-conscious at that age and I just didn't really want to put myself out there very much with it and I've always been somewhat strong just because you have to like compensate so much for missing a leg so if i want to stand up and my leg is tired one i'm either going to do a pistol squat or i'm going to pull myself up so i've always had a relatively strong upper body because in order to move it takes like for an ak which is above the knee prosthesis so they call it it takes an average of 68 percent more energy to take a step so it's if you're going to move you're going to be like somewhat adept but sports was not it for me and so i moved to nashville in 2014 after I graduated college for a a degree in music and then a year into it my friend told me about this boxing gym and I was like well boxing like all that shit like it was just this really I don't even know what made me do it because again at that point anytime I went to the gym I had no clue what I was doing I like worked out because I a little bit like I mean 15 minutes at a time kind of thing having no clue what it was just I need to work out whatever but I hated it and then I joined the boxing gym and I was like oh this is actually really fun there's a great workout and it was the first time that I was like just focused on hitting a bag and not really I was self-conscious but I wasn't as self-conscious as I thought I I would be in a public setting Mm -hmm. so yeah just started there and I did that for a few years and I really liked the workout and like the trainers were were okay telling me I could do better because that's my bait like I'm a perfectionist so thank you for telling me that I'm like a great athlete adaptive or not because that's my thing I don't want to be like oh she's good for having one leg like Mm -hmm. no I want to be like end of end of sentence I want to be good so the trainers at that gym are really good about being like hey you can still get your like form better you can still get technique better let's go so I learned I started working one-on-one with a trainer and learned how to kickbox And that was like a really big thing for me because I'd make jokes about it. And I was like, I can't balance on my prosthesis like that, like whatever. But he said, no, it's not that you can't do it. It's like you've never done it before. And he's Mm -hmm. like, of course, you're going to be bad at it when you start. I think that was like, it's such a simple concept. But up until that point, I was like, oh, I am going to be bad at it. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So I think like in my mind, I was like, I'm unathletic. I'm unathletic all my life because I was bad at it at first. It's because I pick up a baseball two times a year like it was like yeah you're gonna suck at it because you're not mm-hmm. doing it and it was like getting over my fear of I don't think I'm actually bad at these things I think I'm just not practicing them mm-hmm. and I'm not okay like I'm just self-conscious 
So, and good for that trainer for saying that to you too, because I feel like sometimes myself included when I'm coaching adaptive athletes, if you were to look at me and be like, I can't balance on my prosthesis like that. There is a part of me that's, oh, okay, I'm sorry. You obviously yeah. know way better than I do. Like it good for that trainer for being like, bullshit. Yeah, no, I'm so glad you said that because that's something too, since sharing my story, I like want to advocate for that because to both trainers and to adaptive athletes, because adaptive athletes like think they can't do shit and they can't. It's just where, like a non-adaptive people can be pushed. Like you're allowed to be pushed too. You signed up for it. Like you're not forced into the gym. Be pushed. See what you can do. And so, yeah, that just started a journey because I was like, all right, well, if I always said I couldn't do that and I didn't, what else have I been saying no to? So I started trying a bunch of things like skiing and rock climbing and just a bunch of stuff. And then with sharing it on Instagram, it kind of created that like accountability where it's like, I'm telling people they shouldn't be scared to try it. So like, I should try it. Mm -hmm. uh, and so then I, I picked up, I'd never weightlifted. I picked up my first barbell in 2019 and oh, I was like, no, and I was like, new, new. When I say that it's what's a bench press. Like that, that was where I was coming from. I had no background in barbells or anything or functional fitness really. So yeah, I, I did that. And then in 2020, of course, like gyms, everything shut down. And I was working out with the only people I saw were like my two bosses. They're both males. And I was like, hey, I'm seeing you guys. I have to work out for my like, sanity. Like you have to let me work out with you. So they're like very private about their workout space. And they were like, fine, deal. But you have to like, don't complain. Just do what we tell you to do. Like just shut up about it. I was like, all right. So it was like, took away this like I could I didn't have any females to compare weight to so they would just put weight on a barbell and I had nothing like female slash adaptive whatever they're just like you can lift that and I was like okay so I just would do it and it was like the first time that it was like it wasn't crossfit by any means but it was like weights on a timer so mm -hmm. it was like a little bit of strength and conditioning combined and I started that and then adaptive divisions crossfit released it in 2021 and there was an adaptive athlete on Instagram, Derek Wyda, who was also at Wheel One. Um, I'm a huge fan of him. Huge. Yeah. I've been so, a huge fan of him since way before, back when he was still shitting on CrossFit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's been on a journey, let me tell you. He, yes, he is always, <laughs> he owns who he is. He's always been outspoken, but like he's Derek. Like, he, yeah, I, I love it. So, and he actually reached out to me and we had followed each other, but it wasn't like I didn't know him at all. And he was just like, hey, CrossFit has a adaptive division. You should give it a go sign up for the open I was like what's an open yeah and literally and he was like oh and I, I said I mean you can I saved the message because it was just like a memory for me and I was like CrossFit people are great like I can't do that y'all are crazy there's no way and he's like, I got three months to train it was January I'd actually just gotten over COVID and he was like yeah what's the worst thing that can happen just give it a go so yeah I I was like I should try this. I tell people to try new things. So signed up for the open, paid 20 bucks. Didn't even know what that meant. I thought we were going somewhere. Didn't even know it was like a home gym. Like I was new new. And just started learning. And then of course, it being the first year of having adaptive divisions, there was like a lot of opportunity there. And I ended up going to the games that year, like eight months later. So yeah, it was pretty crazy. You're like yep. what in the ever loving fuck did I sign up for? Like now, oh. I now I'm traveling. Now I'm going to a game. What does that mean? Yeah. Who are all of you people? What yeah. was that year like for you? Yeah. Oh, you want to talk about imposter syndrome? I was <laughs> like learning shit. I mean, I had never done a kick. I could do a strict pull up. I had never done a snatch. Like everything. Like so much. So many things were new. I had like strength. But I didn't, I didn't have efficiency and that's all CrossFit is like strategy and efficiency. Mm. 
So it's just like learning like handstand stuff and like all of it. It was like, holy crap. But I kind of like that because I was so new. Like I didn't have anything to expect. I was like, I mean, to the point, it's embarrassing to say now, like now I, I know her, but like people are like, you got to say hi to Tia. I'm like, who's Who? Tia? Like, yeah, I, like, I, I, didn't, like I didn't know anything. So yeah, we, I, and there was a, a lot of questions that they were even going to have adaptive positions go to the games after we right. qualified because it's, it's a complicated thing. There's every adaptation is different. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So I found out six weeks before that I was going, like they had said we weren't going. And then I got an email and they're like, just kidding. And I was like, okay, um, you crazy people, I'll be there. <laughs> and I hadn't swam since high school. Like I dropped my butt in a pool and said, what now do I do this? It was like, it, it was crazy. So that year, yeah, I went and it was like probably one of the most like challenging weeks of my life. Cause it was like, let's do this in front of a very public stage. <laughs> I'm like, just give it a go. And it's not like you can grab a microphone before you go on and be like, Hey guys, eight months in, like, right, 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 right. Can't explain that to people. So it was just. It was definitely like a very emotional week, but I, I had a moment from that games that like got posted and it went like a lot of people saw it. And then it just that it literally changed my life. I thought I was going to go come back, whatever. And that video went a lot of places. And then I got offered some sponsorships and I was like, this is actually a thing now. So been doing it ever since. You're in, girl. You in this world, whether you didn't think you were good. We, we need you. Like we, we have decided so yeah so we're we're having fun we're we've come a long way since then i'll say that <laughs> her, her story reminds me of carrie pierce it's kind of the same totally. thing you know train, you you find something you do it for three months and all of a sudden you're like i'm going to what where what what, what, what <laughs> yeah. did i get invited to and then all of a sudden you're one of the world's best right yeah, yeah. it's Pretty bananas cool. and also i feel i know that that was two three years ago at this point all of that but because we've all lived in the weirdest time warp ever since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It feels five minutes ago. Like it feels yeah. five minutes ago, you were barely leaving your house except to see your bosses and lift whatever weight they put on the barbell. Like I don't understand how you've come from that to this in this insane short amount of time. It is so cool. Nice. I love it. And like just so on brand as far as your mission of being like, you can do it. You can do the thing. Try the thing. You can do the thing. Yeah. Well, that honestly, that's why I started. I, I had a conversation with my friends when I was, I took a weekend to decide if I was going to sign up for it. And I told her, I was like, I, I'm thinking about it enough that I think I'm going to be disappointed in myself if I don't try, but I'm mm -hmm. just looking like an idiot. And she was like, you tell, like your entire Instagram platform is like saying, don't be afraid of trying. Now you need to live out what you say. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what we did. <laughs> what I think is really interesting about that, though, Amy, and what really attracts me to your Instagram page and just your journey in general is that you do that, what you just said, which is don't be afraid of trying, but you're also very vulnerable. Mm. Like you, you often talk about insecurities and things that scare you and things you're worried about. And like I, I read some of your blog posts some about dating as an example. And I think those are things that really resonate with people and, and encourage them to try new things. Is this just how you're wired? Like you just, do you, do you, do you feel the need to share those things to help others or do you just do it? Like I do that to get it out of myself or yeah. like, why, why are you doing it? I think it's a combo. I think one, I've always 
couple of things. One, I'm always really careful. Like I have a very small group of people that are like my people. And if I need to, if I'm still processing something, I go to them and then they'll be like, you're being an idiot or great, <laughs> you're doing great, I'm great, whatever. So like when I say stuff on the internet, it's like, I'm not putting out vulnerable. Yes, it's vulnerable. It's real. But it's however people react to this, I'm okay with it because I'm like settled in where I'm at. So it's, I'm not getting, I'm, I'm trying not to. Of course, I'm not perfect, but I'm like, I'm trying not to ever post something in order to get a specific reaction from someone to like gratification or, or validation, anything like that. So it's, I think it's a little bit easier because I'm like, oh, I'm posting my real thoughts and you can take it or leave it. But like, it is what it is. That's how it is. But also, I think it's it's been so wonderful for me to realize, like, I think 95% of the world's problems are like we all come up with stories in our head about each other and then live like the reality and they're not. And it's like we we look at everyone else and are like, hey, like they're mean or they're XYZ or they always have their shit together. And it's just not true. Like we all experience the same emotions, whether we like each other or not. And I think the more that we can all be on that same page, the better. So it's, I mean, honestly, like when I was going to the games, I was really frustrated because obviously like now being more in the sport, I understand it way more like coming from a more professional standpoint, but it's like everyone's posts are just like these videos of them looking jacked and be like, so pumped and no one's scared. No one's going right. to say a word about being fucking nervous. Like mm -hmm. I am. I had to mute everything because I was like, I was so intimidated. I was like, none of these people are scared. And then I met them all and they're like, we're terrified. Oh, like, terrified. Like, all of them. 24-7. You say that. Like, uh -huh. you can still compete against each other and be honest. It's not going to change who you are as an athlete. Just be real. Yeah. And again, like now yep. being into it, I, I do understand. You're not trying to show like certain weaknesses. I get it. But I'm like, heck, I don't care. I'll just... It's it's encouraging for me to hear when someone else is feels the same emotions that I do. Yeah, for I, sure. Oh, I we're heard, all figuring it out together. I heard a story once of Frazier puking in the bushes before an event, and that meant more to me than listening to these athletes talking about snatching 300 pounds in warm-up. You know what I mean? It's, here's a guy that you know is going to win the games. He's yeah. going to win, and he's nervous as hell. Yeah. Out there puking in the bushes, worried about what's about to happen to him. Of course. That's yeah. That's the stuff I want to see. I mean, I don't yeah. want to see him puke, but I want, yeah. that, I want the honesty. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, like, that's part of why I love this format that we have, because every athlete in real life, when you talk to them on the podcast, when I get to do like post-event interviews, like they are all real and they are yeah. all vulnerable and they all will say, man, yeah. I was terrified. I didn't know how this was going to go. I've been really nervous about this event since whatever happened to me or this one didn't go well in training. So I didn't know whatever. Like, I feel like sometimes the online persona is not even as much to not show weakness as it is like you get to be your own hype person yeah. on yeah. your Instagram page. So you get to be like, look, this badass photo of me. And they yeah. are like, even you, when you're nervous, you're still like, to go there's yeah. so much hype about the thing and you get to go to the thing and that's pretty cool yeah. and your kit came you got your fucking yeah. shoes on like it, yeah. it's just it's all like cool and exciting and rad and i don't necessarily think as much it's like people being like well some, some of them do some of them yeah. very strategically are like i am only posting my prs and whatever yeah and then some of them also are like incredibly vulnerable like annie has been an open book about her yeah. life and her journey and her body and whatever so there are some people who are like that but I just feel like it's, 
I don't know. It's like an oversight. It's like people don't yeah. rush to their own Instagram pages to post their emotions. They just rush there to post like yeah. the coolest, latest photo they've got. Can't really blame them for that. But professional photographers following me around 24 yeah. seven. I looked yoked, yoked, <laughs> yoked. Side story I will tell in a minute, but I would do the same. But I do feel like there's a full on like other side of all that which is what you're doing amy which is i am badass and i am yoked but i'm also gonna tell you what's happening in my mind right now and that piece is sometimes really missing yeah and i will like i think you're right because again i think what i one of the things i love crossfit is when you meet people in person it is one of the most genuine like spaces that i've come across like i don't think i've met any crossfitter across the board of elite status and been like ugh. Everyone has honestly been great when I've met them. Like my experience with them has been great. But I think for me too, I just come from a different perspective because I didn't grow up an athlete. So it's, I, I will remember like my Instagram grew very quickly. Like I had had it for a while and it was like, I had think of like 20,000 followers, something like that when I went to the games. And when I posted that video, I gained like the majority of my followers in a week. And so it was like, so I posted a video and then I was driving home with my coach and I like opened my phone randomly 10 minutes later. And it was like, I was like, these numbers are not normal. Something weird is happening with this video I just posted. And I said to him on that drive before, I mean, like shit got crazy after that. And I had no clue what was coming. But even on that ride, I was like, my biggest fear is that like people, like a middle school girl, especially someone like missing a leg is going to look at my profile and think I'm unrelatable. And and that's just my personal, because I didn't have any adaptive athletes to talk to growing up. The, the first person I met with a missing leg with a birth defect like mine, I was 24 years old. And I you asked should. her, like, do you date? Like, I was like, just straight up. And she would like, it was the first conversation that I had that someone could have, someone could actually, it wasn't a two-legged person telling me how to walk. It was like, well, you know, when you walk and you're there and like, you think that this is going to happen, but the leg does this. And I was like, yes. And no one's <laughs> been able to describe what goes on in my head, like ever. And just, yeah, do this instead. And it was just like the smallest thing that I was like, oh my God, someone gets it. And like, that for me was such a poignant moment that I was like, I always want to come from the point of, hey, yeah, cool. Whatever I do, whatever in whatever space, that's great. But I'm not the only one that's capable of doing this. Like I am, mm-hmm. I was not athletic. I like did things to become much more athletic, but it was like, you can do this too, if that's what your goal is, but you have to like, these are the steps that you have to take. So just like my, my forefront and my mind tends to be like, I want to be relatable. I want people to get that. It's, I'm not this like special unicorn. That's, Hey, this is, this is like just life. Let's, this is how we do life. So. No shit. See, that's why representation is so important is because it sucks that you didn't have that growing up. It sucks that you didn't have that until 24. It sucks that you didn't have any sort of semblance of, Oh, look, someone like me doing the things that I struggle with on a daily basis. I have a question. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. And I will say some of that was me because I was really stubborn. I wanted to hide. I wanted to be normal. And I like, I was kind of embarrassed about my leg or making it a thing. So just, well, let's just not talk about it and I'll just figure it out. So my parents tried to put me in like physical therapy and in like support groups and I, I didn't want to go. And also there's, especially when I was younger, it's much better now, but it's hard to find like marketing that's like 
across between there's the Paralympians and then there's the geriatric world and there's no in between. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. right. so living life. So I think that's one of these reasons. I mean, the adaptive divisions, honestly, even within CrossFit and the games, like it's been really messy, but I still will give all the kudos to CrossFit for being willing to take on the mess and hopefully keep plowing through it because like as someone who didn't have someone to look up to or talk to growing up, like the only way to make that better is to show it and to walk through the mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the mess aside, I think, I think the things that you're covering, Amy, are very relevant to people with and without impairments. Like I often read your stuff. You'll talk about body image issues because of your impairment. And I relate it to my own body image issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I mean, I don't have any impairments other than I'm bald and old, which are, which for the record are pretty big impairments for whatever that's worth. But, but I often have the same. I mean, with all those impairments, just wondering. It's tough, Nikki. It it's really hard. <laughs> it, it's it, the the biggest impairment being a fifty two year old meme lord. That's the hardest of all. That's the one, huh? That's the one, and being yoked, as you would say. Yoked. Okay, sorry. Wait, side story. So John sent me a picture of his new tattoo, which mm. looks badass, and John is totally ripped. And I was like, "Damn, dude, you look yoked." And I straight. This is like. This is like third time recently this has happened to me y-o-l-k-e-d yo right and i I wrote it you guys (laughs) i think i might be going senile i wrote it on purpose being like that's how you spell that right (laughs) can i tell you something like that i have a pretty solid command of the english language like communication is my full-time job I win every fight against my husband. Like I'm pretty fucking good at this at words and wordsmithing. And I'm like the, I'm the the copywriter at work, like finding spelling errors, grammar errors, like all that stuff. I wrote that shit on purpose. (laughs) And then I looked at it and I was like, wait, wait a minute. And then I was like, it's not, it's not, you're not Jack because you eat so many egg yolks, right? That's not it. And then I was like, it's the yoke yoke, like the crossbar yoke, right? That's the, and then I was like, it just, I had this moment where I was like, I'm fucking dumb. I just sent her, <laughs> I just sent her back an egg emoji. That's all I could do. I was just like, I'm just going to send her an egg emoji. Yeah. And, then, and then I photoshopped an egg on my arm. That was good too. This that is like, the, go. you guys, it's like the third time in the last two months that this shit has happened to me where I like, and I, you know what I blame? I blame English being my second language. That is what I blame. Where there was just like, there were words growing up. Like we were at the hardware store and I saw a sign on the wheelbarrow. Wheel. And I looked at Matt and I was like, wheelbarrow. <laughs> and he was like, you did not think it was wheelbarrow, did you? And I was like, no. <laughs> I- 34. <laughs> That's wow. okay. That is a weird word. Wait, what's your first language? Russian. Yeah. Mic drop. Okay. Right? Yeah. My family moved here from Ukraine when I was not yet born, but didn't speak much English as yeah. I was growing up. Don't don't let Nikki lead you believe she's got this huge command on the English language because she doesn't. We had, I was just decent. telling somebody this story the other day that oh. Nick, Nikki cusses a lot. Oh, and yeah, I, I, I told her once at the top of the show, I'm like, listen, Nikki, my mom's going to be watching this show. So don't try not to cuss tonight. Okay. 
just just rein it in. She's okay. We're like 60 seconds into the show and she's God damn it. And I'm like, Nikki, <laughs> what are you doing? And she's, what are you talking about? I'm like, I told you not to cuss. And she's, I didn't. And I'm like, yes, you did. You, not only did you cuss, but you used the biggest one of all, like the <laughs> biggest one. And she's like, what are you talking about? She just couldn't understand it at all. Didn't make sense to me. That's not a cuss. A cuss is a swear word. Okay. I didn't open the show with a, I didn't yeah. sing it. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, well, I, I don't blame that on not having a command on the English language. I blame that on being a big Jew. And mm. I don't know. Okay. To yeah. me, that's not a, like a like slur. It. Yeah. Nikki, dro Nikki dropping the C word on the show. I'm going to have to go edit. Going there. We're going there. Sorry. Man. I was, I was just trying to make a point. I just opened the show being like, made ah, it. Nah. You made <laughs> it. Right? Isn't that not as bad? I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. Now I know. Yeah. Now, if we ever have anyone who finds it offensive, I don't swear on those mm -hmm. shows. Well, I'm happy to be respectful for our guests. Yeah. If they find any of this offensive, I'm going to put a little a little blurb in the middle of this episode that you're about to hear some really foul language so <laughs> if, you, if you have kids listening please scroll forward no should we maybe start every episode with that i think people understand at this point oh, okay good sometimes people complain still no and they they'll don't. message oh they don't not anymore they're used to oh, you okay now. okay and, and it's all you they're used to you well <laughs> i am 50 percent of the show so i should hope so yeah they, but anyway no, they they know what's up they absolutely know what's up. I digress. But that's so that I did, in fact, tell John that he looks yoked. And yoked. I think we should change it to that from now on. Well, also, kudos to being yoked. Mm. Um, my, ne my next tattoo is going to be an egg. I'll put it on the opposite arm. It'll yeah. be awesome. Was this your first tattoo? What's that? Was this your first tattoo? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. First one. I was there for four and a half hours. It was forever. Oh, you went for it. Yeah, oh yeah, I went all that. Well, I've been waiting my whole life to get one. So I was going to get one I really wanted and it's big and it, it took forever. But... And it's not done, right? Like, no, you still like... have to go back for shading. Yeah, I still got to go back for shading. It was, it was long. It was funny. I got the speech. You guys both have tattoos. I know Nikki does. Mm -hmm. You have them, right? Okay. Yeah. So I get the speech. I, I knew the artist. I've known the guy for years. He used to be my run coach. He has the best name ever for a run coach, by the way. His name is Speed. That's his, no. ac that's his actual name. No. Ryan Ryan Speed. His name is Ryan Speed, and he goes by Speed, and he's a runner, and it's the best run coach name ever. He's a great Dang. run coach, but he's a terrific tattoo artist. I've known him forever, and I've seen his work on dozens of people, and so when I decided to get one, I decided to go to him, and I haven't seen him in a couple of years, so we were really like catching up with life and, and what's going on. But he sits me down and he's like, he gives me the speech. He's like, all right, he's like, some of this is going to hurt. Some of it won't. Some people, it doesn't bother. Some people have a come to Jesus moment. I don't mm -hmm. know what it's going to be like for you, but you just got to deal with it. I'm like, all right, it's fine. I think I have a high threshold for pain. I do CrossFit. I'm like I deal with a lot of pain in the sport. So I'm like, let's go for it. And so he starts the lines and doesn't hurt at all. Fine. Yeah. Totally fine. I'm like, no, this is cool. It feels like a massage gun, like one of those little Theragun's just going really fast and scraping my skin. But when he got the back of the arm, I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, there's the spot. You found it. Mm -hmm. You absolutely found it. But, but it was fine. I was just there a long time. Yeah. And you have weird body reactions. Like I immediately started sweating. Oh yeah. Like really hard. And, and then it went away, but my body was like, what's going on? What are you doing to me permanently forever? Yeah. So I, my very first tattoo I got on my wrist over a scar. And it was really small, but I didn't realize that the wrist 
was not was one of the more sensitive areas so yeah. i'm like a pansy like when it came to that so i they started to, i was like how much is it gonna hurt and they're like like a cat scratch it's nothing and then he started and i was like this is a feral <laughs> Right. I don't know what just happened. And thankfully, I mean, it was really tiny, but I, I was like, I don't know what kind of cats you got in your house, but this ain't it. It's a tiger. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. But other spots, I got one on my shoulder and stuff. And that was like, that was much better than the rest for sure. I, yeah. I will tell you the best thing that came out of it. And you'll love this, Nikki. So I can't, I get home. I'm done. It's all bandaged up, but I'm wearing a tank top so you can see it. I walk in the door and my daughter who's here tonight, she's upstairs. So she may hear me telling the story was here with her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. and her boyfriend has a knack, a real knack for asking me dumb questions. And, it, and as a dad, I'm required to torture this kid. I have to. Like, he's a nice dude. I like him. But he looks at, he looks me dead in the eye, and he's like, did you pick that out? And I, without even blinking, I'm like, no. I just told the artist, hey, pick whatever you want. It's forever. Yeah. Whatever you want to put on there, it's fine. And then the poor kid just starts stammering. And I felt a yeah. little bad, but it's my <laughs> job. The dad, that's my job. Well, did, that's he, did he mean, did it exist and you chose it or did you design it? Did no, he mean I don't, the I don't configuration? Know. I don't know what he meant. I think he, I, based on the last question he asked me, which was when he was in this guitar room and you can see all the guitars that are behind me. He was like, do you play guitar? And I'm no. like, no, no, not at all. No, <laughs> you know? okay. Yeah, you have yeah. to, you have to torture the boy dating your daughter. That's the rule. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. He deserved that one. Yeah. hundred percent. That that is the rule. Hey, speaking of, I loved your blog. I read your whole blog today, by the way. I read I read a lot of it, and I love preparation. It was the show and say we don't prepare for this podcast, and you you read all her blog posts. You wanted the two-hour podcast, was like shit. I don't. Yeah, yeah. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. Dropping the c word. I got to prepare for this interview. Yes, I was on somebody else's show, and they prepared, and I'm like, shit. I better read something. (laughs) <laughs> I, I read your i read your blog on dating the nashville and how beautiful the nashville people are and i really liked it it was good you you need to write a lot because your writing's really good thank you i actually that is like on the bucket list so i actually just took a so i've been so full circle i joined the boxing gym did all those things i actually started working there and i've been the operations director there for the last five years so we have three locations and that's all great. But I actually just took a step back from that job because I've been juggling multiple spit and other things and all of that good stuff. So I just took a step back from that and I'm like looking to the future. Like I want to write a book and do more writing and speaking and things like that. So it's all the bucket list. That's cool. Well, I love that. It's such a relevant topic for people. I think everyone struggles with dating and CrossFit's hard. Because it's full of gorgeous people. That was always my struggle. It's like you just look around and all the dudes are running with their shirts off and they're shredded. And I'm just like, oh, like, why would anybody like me when all these dudes are running mm. around here? And I read I read your blog and I'm like, this is really a lot of people are going to read this and see themselves in you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It just I mean, I still have to tell myself all those things. But yeah, confidence is where it's at. It's like the way that you carry yourself is like over half the battle. So, so, so give us the cliff notes. Where are you at in the dating world and what are the struggles that you wrote about in this blog? Oh, well, I think it's been a little while since I wrote that blog, but I think, well, I'm single. I'm so dating. Sure. I don't have a lot of time right now, but I'll go on a date. There you go. <laughs> We're Fly, here first. <laughs> Fly into those DMs, boys. You can oh. see the name on the screen. It's great. Okay. But I will sign note on that though. Instagram, <laughs> of course, Instagram. The amount. 
Yeah, not to be mean, but what I'll have people just say ridiculous messages. And sometimes I know they're trying to be funny and it's whatever. But like those I've gotten like actual marriage proposals before, like some jokes and some not. Mm-hmm. Or like I, I'm sure they're not like actually thinking it's going to turn into anything, anything. But I'm like, then I like sometimes I click on their profile and they're private. And I'm like, in what world do you think in 2023 a single girl is going to respond to your let me take you out for dinner with having a private I can't see anything but like a tiny ass photo of your head mm-hmm. and be like yes sir let me set up a date stranger and this is how dateline came to be it like yes. if it ever works like in my mind those dudes are sending like 30 of those messages oh, an hour yeah. and I'm like has it right. ever worked yes. so yes no. I'm honestly, let me let me give you this little clip story and then we're going to jump back to her story so I used to play in a band when I was in high school with this kid who was very average looking okay very <laughs> average and he's a bass player but he had great confidence Okay. And he always dated the hottest girls. And so one day I'm finally like, his name is Jason. I'm like, Jason, what the hell, bro? Like, how are you? How are you pulling these hot girls? Because no offense, you're very average. He's, he literally says to me, he's, I ask out every girl I meet. I'm like, what? He's, yeah, 100% of the women I talk to, I ask out. He's, now I have a low percentage of them saying yes. But if you ask them all out, you'll always get the hottest ones. I'm like, that's brilliant. The, okay, math of, so the math of that is just brilliant. Let me just say, I commend Jason. Is that his name? Yep. yep. I commend him because I feel like back in the day, because I've been now married almost nine years, nine years tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. Matt should listen to this podcast because he's going to forget. And he Send flowers, Matt. Podcast, so Send flowers. It'll be his loss tomorrow. But, and so it's been a bazillion years since I've been even in the dating world, but like, before apps and before bullshit, like if I went to a bar and a dude offered to buy me a drink or told me I looked nice or whatever, even if I wasn't interested, I always was like, good for you, dude. It takes balls to walk up to someone and be like, yes. hey, I think you look nice. Can yeah. I buy you a drink or what is your name or whatever? And if I even did not care or whatever was not interested, I would still be polite and respond to that person and whatever, because that takes courage. And yeah. I would respect that. And I think that that is gone nowadays. So I think what Jason did, I actually do commend because shoot your shot. I'm not saying don't shoot yeah. your shot. I'm saying it's sketchy as fuck to send a bazillion <laughs> DMs a day. Yeah. Whoever will respond when they are straight up strangers, not like 100% of the girls you meet in real life, you ask out, like straight yeah. up strangers on the internet while your profile is private. Yeah. Has it ever worked? Has it ever worked? No, not there's the- no way. Not with me. Yeah. And the best is I, I actually used to send because I get like message requests and there's hidden message requests now and all that good mm. shit. And I would just pass the phone to one of my best friends who's a guy and I'd be like, have at it. And he would go through for me and filter and whatever. And there are a couple of times like so many, I mean, so many men like clearly in relationships too. Mm-hmm. Would, and I'm like, I'm sorry, dipshit. What kind of gr- like why do you think that i would ever respond to you right now if i was like even if you're just being flirty if i was your girl and i saw you send a message like that i would one dump your ass but two what Mm -hmm. the shit out of you like Mm -hmm. sorry i'm talking about language but i just dating and online is just like weird to me so and i've said i've actually said to some people before because they seem very nice and like hey will you like take me on a date and i try to keep those i don't 
respond one-on-one because then it, you never know what it'll lead into whatever. But sometimes I've posted publicly, hey, do people who say this kind of thing, thank you, but I'm never going to say yes to a stranger private profile on the internet. I'm just like, like it's, if you happen to live in Nashville and we run into each other, great. Ask me then. But this is going to turn out in your favor. Yeah. So, but yeah, for, for a long time, I like didn't, I didn't date until very late in life. I like really, I didn't start like dating, dating until like college, post-college. Like it was, I was very self-conscious. And I think I met, if I remember, I think I mentioned it in my blog. I can't remember, yeah. but my brother-in-law actually was one of the first people to call me out. I was a sophomore in college and this actually, he's the one that really started like me to be becoming more confident and like, well, I mean, a boxing eventually down the road, like all that stuff. But we're at the beach and he was just like, call me out. And he's like, Amy, what's up with you and like, your lack of confidence? He's like, you don't, you don't look boys in the eye. You like look in the grounds, like you don't wear shorts, like you cover your leg. I had a, a cosmetic cover over my leg up until that point. Like all of a sudden he was just like, what's up? Like, why, why is this? And I was like, oh, I started going down the like self-pity route. And also being from a small town, I was like, these boys don't want to grow with one leg and like all this stuff and just gave all the reasons. Why would I wear shorts? Doesn't look good, whatever. And he like immediately pushed back and there was like, no, oh, I get it. He was like, no, that's bullshit. He was like, mm-hmm. he was like, first of all, the boys that would say no because of that, they're a way smaller percentage than you think. And like, they're not worth your time anyway. So he was like, two, like it is, it is like you with your aura first if you think that they're being weird it's because you're being weird <laughs> be like if you don't make the leg weird if you don't make the leg a thing it's not a thing just be confident and be you he's like, wear shorts he's, it's way more attractive when a girl just owns who she is than like walking around tiptoeing waiting for this like white knight on a horse which like sounds great in a hollywood movie but actually is like not what we want in reality mm-hmm. like you you want to be able to be a capable human being all on your own let's be real so a, a relationship should enhance that, in my opinion, it, and in my opinion, I'll complete you. And so he was just like, yeah, this is you. Like, you're being weird. And so he gave me like a game. He was like, he was like, you're going to wear shorts in public. You're going to ask a guy out yourself. Like you, you and would give me small things to do that was like to go up the confidence scale. And I didn't always succeed in them, but it was such a lesson for me. of Oh, because then later it still took me a couple of years to get really comfortable with it but when I started dating more later I was like oh this really is me we don't even really talk about my leg unless unless it's a thing unless the specific conversation comes up but it's literally just how I present it so mm-hmm. and I don't like you said John before it's not even you don't have to be adaptive to have those things because everyone has insecurities and those are real I don't want to take away from that but that's just like how you present yourself. I think we always make jokes about average guys getting hot girls and yeah, maybe like they're asking them out. And I've, I've met guys before that I'm like, I am not attracted to you in the slightest, like physically, but I would have totally go out with you and could see myself becoming attracted to you because of the way you present yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's real. So see, that's my wheelhouse. Cause I'm funny. <laughs> they're like, I don't, Big thing, yeah. Yeah, they're like, I'm not attracted to you, but you make me laugh, so let's do it. Let's go out. And perfect. That's exactly yes. what I want. Exactly. Yeah. I love that that from with from your brother-in-law came from like 
a real life man too. Cause I, yeah. I feel like that kind of advice is like the kind of advice that your best friends would give you or your girlfriends would give you. It'd be like, just be you, Amy. Like you're amazing, Amy. And you're kind of just, yeah, I hear you, but it's hard to internalize. So that's, it's just cool. He was like, I'm a guy. I'm gonna tell you right now. I don't give a shit about your leg. Nobody yeah. does. Yes. That was actually, that was it for me. Cause of course my family always told me that growing of up. Of course. Like parents, like mom, everything. But I just never believed it. It was the first time that like a male, not in my bloodline, mm-hmm. was like, what's the problem? Like just date. And he actually told me, I'll never forget. He used the, an ugly duckling analogy. He's, it's like you're, like this beautiful swan, but you've been living your life like you're an ugly duckling. And he's, it's time to put away the ugly duckling and it's time to start living like you're the swan. And it was just this like moment. I, yeah, I was like emotional. I was like, oh, is this real? Is this me? Because it put the, it made me not a victim. It like put the responsibility on me, which like sucked, but also was like, oh, if it's not on anyone else, then I can change it. That's right. Yeah. Are are you finding more confidence since you've been doing CrossFit? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think obviously physical fitness can help that. I, I don't know why people want to shy away from that. Of course, people like to be fit and to feel confident in that way. But I think for that is a thing. But also, like CrossFit is just hard in general. Like no matter what you look like, right? I think like doing it's also vulnerable. I didn't used to take my leg off ever and now I like take it off in public competitions like it's without a second thought and I think that repetition of what used to be the most terrifying thing for me isn't a second thought to me anymore which at that point again with dating if I take it or leave it this is me um Mm -hmm. so I think that's that's definitely helped a lot yeah I think I think if you can date other CrossFitters, it's easier not not because you're both fit but because they've seen you at your absolute grossest like I, I often think it's okay. They've seen me blowing my nose in the middle of a workout on the floor, just like free blowing. It's like skyrocketing. Oh. Yeah. Or they've seen you wipe your face on your shirt and you're just gross. And yeah. They, when they've seen you at your absolute nastiness, you're like, all right, they could probably deal with me. Yeah. Matt will wring out his shirt at the end of a workout. And when I tell you it looks like you turned the shower faucet on, oh. I am not exaggerating i wish that i was and i'm still like i love this man (laughs) you're like i think i love this man (laughs) and then he'll leave them in the back of my car and forget them yeah it's gnarly and then they grow things yeah that's Mm. that's the way it works that that is love that's true love so what does, what does this season look like for you? Like, where are you training? What is happening in the course of the next competition for you? Yeah, all of that has actually shifted a bit this year. Okay. So in January, I actually joined the Proven team out of Great. Nashville. Yeah. So I think I'm their first adoptive athlete. So yeah, to the team. So I met them at Wadapalooza and spoke to them about joining. And yeah, it's, I mean, like the coaching that I've had since the start of CrossFit has been amazing. I've learned so much. It was just, I could feel myself like I was getting really comfortable and I needed to make myself uncomfortable. No, again, to keep growing at the pace that I wanted to grow. And it wasn't anything to do with the coach itself. It was just like, like putting a little bit more pressure on myself, essentially, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, yeah, I met the Proven Crew and it's it's been great. I don't work out in person with them every day. Like I'll join their camp some days of the week and then go do their, their always their programming and their training, but on my own. 
And of course, the games now are a couple weeks away, like a little, a little under six weeks, I think now. So yeah, looking forward to it. I think like I'm, this will be my third year at the games. And the first year, of course, was just like exciting, like terrifying. Everything was new, didn't know what was happening, whatever. The second year was actually probably harder in some ways because I was a way better athlete, but I had a very specific idea in my mind of how it would go. And it was nothing like it. <laughs> and again, like they're learning, like I think adaptive programming is difficult. And there was just a lot of stuff that happened that I was like, that felt I could control, have, have controlled things like as an athlete in the workout, but things that felt very out of my control that were frustrating to happen. Like I, we'd have the long run and then my leg was sweating so much. Like I went to a, do a rope climb, a legless rope climb, and my leg fell off every time. So I'd lose like 10 seconds every round to put on my leg. Like things like that, that were like, okay, that were frustrating. And that's, regardless, it was, I realized that I had spent so much time not enjoying the process leading up to the games because mm. I, I had assumed the competition was going to be like worth it in every aspect. And so when it wasn't like that, it felt like, what did I just do with the last year of my life? I said no to so many things, like whatever. There were great opportunities, but I didn't enjoy the process like I wanted to because I put so much pressure on three days. And I was like, I will never do that again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I really realized the extent that I was doing it until afterwards. And so this year, it's just been like, enjoy the process. Enjoy the bad days. Enjoy the good days. Whatever happens at the games, like, I feel stronger and better as an athlete than I ever have. So I'm excited to be able to show that. But no matter what, it's like this year has been great. Like I can enjoy and be confident in all of that, that the competition is a chance to display that. And whatever the results are, I know that I did everything I could. So, mm -hmm. and so that's great to hear. And it sounds like you're in a better place, yeah. like a better headspace about it. I think we've yes. been kind of seeing a lot of that lately, especially with the younger women in our sport who have decided to take a step back for various reasons, oftentimes related to mental health or burnout or just feeling like they're not enjoying themselves and what they're doing anymore. And when you commit so much of your, your mind and your body and your like soul and your whatever to this thing that is just draining in every way like all of us who get up and go to work every day and some people who hate our jobs like it's draining in a way that makes you so miserable now imagine that on a physical level too yeah i, I can't i can't picture it so i'm really yeah. glad that you found a way at it yeah to position yourself so that you're enjoying it because that's that's yeah you can't it's not sustainable otherwise yeah totally agree the adaptive space is hard to program for to begin with and mm -hmm. I think they, to their credit, they want it to feel and, and look no different than the everyday competition. And, mm -hmm. and in reality, it, it really should be an opportunity to showcase representation to move people into the affiliates. Yeah. You're, you're, you're like it or not, you're a role model to everyone that comes after you that sees CrossFit, that has an, an adaption and mm -hmm. they're going wow, I can do this now. And, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of it. And so the fact that you can enjoy the competition that way is, is really great because I, yeah. I hope that's how they plan to use this adaptive comp moving forward as an opportunity to, to showcase what's possible. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, and it's, it's, it's new too. Like that's what I keep telling myself and other people too. I mean, if you think about the first days of like the CrossFit games, I wasn't 
there for it, but I've watched some of the documentaries and things. Oh. And there's just so much that they were learning and worked out and all of that. And I think we started and had these ideas of it's going to be the same for adaptive, but we're in our third year and it's way more complicated. Right. Like everyone in my division has completely different adaptation than mine. It's just something to do from the waist down. Yes. It's something lower extremity. It's, it's, and it's the same for all the divisions. Everyone is just very different. And so figuring that out is like a huge undertaking. So. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun and interesting and intriguing to watch. Nikki, when I was at Wheelwide and I was, it was your division I was watching. Actually, you guys had a snatch event or an, an event that had snatches in it. And I was so intrigued to watch all the athletes that had leg impairments because their, their impairments were all in different spots. And so they all had to snatch differently in mm -hmm. order to make mm -hmm. it happen. And it's so different than watching just the everyday elite athletes where they all like kind of look identical, like Olympic lifting has been done the same way for decades and there's a way to do it and makes to be efficient and to do it right. You know, when you're missing your leg below the knee or above the knee, it becomes wildly different. Mm -hmm. And it's really intriguing and different to watch. And, and so I guess to your point, Amy, is they're going to have to continue to develop the programming around that to make yeah. it, make it not as frustrating for the athletes like you're describing, to make it a better viewer experience and, and just to make it a, a more fair and balanced approach to the athletes as they're competing. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that will come with with time and also learning, like you can't expect everyone to know how, if you've never been around someone that's grown up with one leg, you're not, there's so many little things that you don't think about. Like I saw, have you, did you ever meet Logan Aldridge? Oh yeah. Yeah. We love Logan. He's yeah. Coming, he's, he's coming and on he's, soon. He's trying. Yeah. I'm trying to get him to come on. Oh, nice. Yeah. He's great. And he, he posted a reel a couple of weeks ago that was like, the most frustrating part about having one arm and doing barbell things. Cause obviously like everyone has seen is like clean and jerk and just the dude is beast, but it was him loading the weights onto the barbell and right. like how he would get his, like the weight off of the tree rack and then get it onto the weight. And I was like, I've known Logan for years and I never thought about that. Just how obnoxious that is. And it's, it's those things that are like that actually make, adaptations real so, yeah like i can i can pistol squat all day long like i'm used to that growing up with it done it 30 years but when the leg like when the suction on my leg breaks and it like like it's just not working as it should and it like falls during a squat that's a frustrating thing but it's things like if you don't know what it's like why would you ever think of that like the little tiny things that just happen so everyone's of course still learning and i think there should be like a ton of grace for that and hopefully the learning will continue and we'll just go from there well i, I hope those are the yeah. stories we continue to see because it it allows like those of us like i i get up some days and i'm like oh, my ankles hurt <laughs> i'm fit i'm 52 my ankles hurt and that's a legitimate complaint i'm not trying to yeah. like for people that have that problem like myself i'm not trying to downplay it i think it's important though to see that others are frustrated by other things and that's very yeah. normal and, and that's what I love, have always loved about the adaptive division at Wheelwide, for instance, I distinctly remember Stouty yelling at you guys during the, the pre-competition briefing. And he's, I don't give a shit if you can't do this, go out and try it. And if you can't do it, so be it. But yeah, you're going to try. I'm not going to let you just tap out and say you can't do it. You know? Yeah. And yeah. it's just that mindset of everybody's got to do it. Sorry. Don't care what your problem is. You got to do it. And I think if we all think that way. It, it makes our journey from cro in CrossFit 
better as a community. You yeah. Know, that, that we're just here to do hard things. That's it. And mm-hmm. we're all doing hard things, regardless of what your issues are. Yeah. Agreed. So, well, Amy, thank you for joining us, especially on short notice. And thank your dad for the dad joke that facilitated it. So I will let him know. And thank you guys for having me. Nikki, it was so great to meet you. I know this was so fun. We'll have to do it again. I would love to hear about how your experience this year goes at games. We'll have you have yeah. to have you back on at the end of the summer to talk about if it all if it all went to plan. <laughs> yeah. Just just have fun. That's fun. the plan. So work hard, have fun. So you can wear your gold medal on the next time you're on. And uh, because that's all they accept at Proven. This is Shane we're talking about. (laughs) Right. I I know. He he isn't going to give a shit what your problem is. He's making Tia do box jumps with a baby in her belly. So I will say you want to talk about, yeah, like adaptation, whatever. (laughs) He was sumo deadlifting the other day more than I have ever deadlifted in my life. And she's what, seven weeks postpartum now? I mean, uh, yeah, it's bananas. She's like the sweetest and a beast. I mean, just, yeah, that's, yeah. I definitely all sit there and be like, I'm in pain. And I'm like, okay, just kidding. <laughs> we're all, we're pretty convinced she's superhuman. Like, yeah, no, like she's a, real. she's a mutant or something. I don't know. Cyborg like yeah. something. Yeah. Cannot quite figure it out. So, yeah. all right. Well, Nikki, great to see you again. I will send you more Yolt pictures this week. It'll Please be great. do. I can't wait to see how, how protein-packed you are from all the eggs you've been eating. It's going to be awesome. All right. Well, for everyone listening, appreciate you guys joining, and we will chat with you guys soon. Awesome. Thank you.